thank you all for coming. <laughs> Amen. Alright, so you know, we're gonna continue in what we uh, talked about. And again, I don't know if we're gonna get through all this today. But uh, um next week we'll take a brief detour and then we'll come back to it the following week what we don't get through today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So uh alright, so I, I did want to clarify something for what I said last week that uh when I was talking about, you know, uh, you know, we've heard people say, don't put your mouth on somebody else. Now, you know, if someone is teaching properly and upholding the word of God, like I said, it doesn't mean that they're going to agree with us on everything, right? But when somebody's not maliciously leading people away from the true doctrine of Christ, yeah, we don't need to talk about it, right? So when I say we're calling out people, again, it's for the false teachers and the false prophets. And again, they're one and the same. Amen. 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 So I, I just wanted to clear that up. So let's turn real quick to uh, Matthew 24. And again, we'll be going through a, a bunch of scriptures here. So we'll start in Matthew 24. And I know sometimes going through all this and then eventually when we do get to videos, it can be overwhelming. But we got to know that, you know, God is real. Right. And the reason why I'm giving you these scriptures, so when, you know, when we see these things, not even through here, but whether we're on our own, we can rely on the scriptures to know that Jesus has warned us of this, right? Yeah. Paul warns us of this. So we won't be taken aback because I think I told y'all when I, when I started looking at everything, I'm like, man, what, what is going on? But then I had to go back to the word of God, yeah. right? Because that is what keeps us. That is our anchor. And that's why we can't veer away from the word of God. Amen. 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 All right. So Matthew 24, verse Oh, excuse me, verse 3, sorry. Matthew 24, verse 3. I'll start at verse 3. Uh, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming, and of the end of the age? So let us understand now that we are in the end of the age. We were in the end of the age at Jesus' death. Right? So we've been in the end of the age since then. All right? So let's go to verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed, meaning be careful, be watchful, that no one deceives you. Right? Mm -hmm. So for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. So we have, and I think I talked about the scripture before. And we'll stop there, verse 5, where it's not necessary people coming and saying, well, I am Jesus, I am Jesus, but it's people who are of like a, a pseudo-Christ. In other words, they come in his name, right? So just like when I mentioned the false teachers and false prophets, the, even the names that I called out last week, right? And I don't know who I'm going to call out this week, <laughs> but <laughs> my wife's looking again. Uh, but, you know, um, they come in the name of Jesus, right? So this is what Jesus is talking about here. Right, so we, we have to be careful that, and that's why he warns us of these things. All right, so let's go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. All right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. Actually, let's start at verse 3. Still get some pages right there. to a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Here again, Paul. Paul is speaking basically because people were talking, again, false teachers saying that the return of the Lord has already come. Right? So now he, he's warning them and, and teaching them something here that the, the return of the Lord has not come. And he's giving some signs here. So we'll get to why that's important here right now. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So let's stop right there. So remember I said last week, false teachers, bad teaching, bad living, and it's about self. Right, so he's he's warning them, saying, "Look, the day Christ, his return hasn't come yet." Right, and he's saying, "Son of perdition," which is the antichrist. Right, but what does he say must come first? A falling away. Right, the falling away doesn't just mean that people are totally departing from the Christian faith, but the falling away meaning people coming away from false teaching, falling into false teaching, veering away from the truth. Right? So that, that is falling away. So let's go to verse 9. So he's saying, he's saying that the falling away must come, come first. Right? Actually, uh, I'm sorry. Y'all can go to verse 9. We're gonna, I'm going to go back up. So he's saying that the son of perdition, so the Antichrist, we already know the Antichrist is going to come doing signs and wonders. And this is what, remember, I think I said this a while back, the Antichrist is not going to come to power without people in the church approving. Because he's going to come with signs and wonders and people are going to be deceived just like they're being deceived now. Right? So, I understand that, yes, God still works. God's still moving in miracles. But what these people are doing, not, not of God. Alright, so let's go to verse 9. Alright, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. With all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So what's the love of the truth? The word of God. Right? The word of God. So here we go. Verse 11. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Right? So God is allowing strong delusion to come. Right? So, immediately when I read that, I'm thinking, think about all the Trump prophecies that happened. Right? All the prophets that were speaking about Trump being reelected, and even now still speaking about it. Right? So, that's strong delusion. Right? <laughs> that's strong delusion because, here's the thing, they're still speaking lies and we still got people in the church still believing what they're saying. And the fact that they have already been proven to be false, and we saw last week in Deuteronomy, and even in the Old Testament, if it doesn't come to pass, God has not spoken. Mm -hmm. right? right? And the fact that some of them were still saying things that just didn't line up with the Word of God. Right? So, just taking it from face value, God is not going to sit up here and, well, before I say that, I'm not Republican or Democrat, care less about either one of them, they're both corrupt, every last one of them. Amen. All right? Always been. Alright, so God is not going to come against the Democratic Party to, to support the Republicans. And vice versa. Right? Amen. That's man-made stuff. Amen. Right? So, 
This is how they manipulate you, saying, okay, well, if you vote uh, for Joe Biden or any Democrat, that means you support abortion, right? That's what they say, right? You support abortion, right? Or you're not pro-Israel, right? Uh, what's another one? Anti-police. Yeah, anti-police, all that stuff, right? So all that stuff is really the doctrine of men, right? Why? So, remember, I think I did a teaching, I think, back on Wednesday, where I talked about um, how Israel supports abortion way more than America, mm -hmm. right? And they say that you need to vote Republicans because Republicans support Israel and not Democrats, right? But if you're a female, especially a single female in Israel, you can go get an abortion free of charge. Government will pay for it, mm -hmm. right? We don't even do that here, right? Oh, here's another one. That if you support Democrats, then that means you must be, uh, what, pro-homosexual, transgender, right? So, let's research it yourself. The number of the top cities in the world that are more favorable for uh, lesbians and gays. Alright, so New York City is number three. Number one, Tel Aviv, Israel. Right? Tel Aviv, Israel. But they won't tell you that. Right? So, we always say... And then, then they also say, you know, John Hagee and all them say, well, you know, we need to support Israel. No, the Bible says we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. Don't be deceived by what they're talking about, all right, because it's not the truth. It's no longer the Holy Land, all right? It is the unholy land, the, the amount of sin that is going on over there. Mm. <laughs> yes, I got an amen in the back. <laughs> So we can't get caught up in that. So that's why God says he will bring strong delusion. And why shouldn't we be deceived? Because we have the word of God. Right? So when they talk and they say things that don't line up with the word of God, it should be a red flag to us. Right? Amen. But we see at the church, that's not what's taking place. Right? So now I want to go back to a scripture that I read last week. Let's go to Romans 16. Romans 16, 17. I know you don't know where Romans is at. <laughs> Romans 16, uh, beginning at verse 17. All right. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause division and offenses. So in other words, note, mark them, take heed to them, and be skeptical of them. Be skeptical of them. That's what that word note means. All right? Those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn. And even with the scriptures we go through today, just take note of how many times doctrine is mentioned. So, all right. So, contrary to the doctrine which you learn, and what? Avoid them. Avoid them. So, we should not be looking at them if they start talking about things that are contrary to the word of God. We should not be watching them. All right? Paul says here to avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember what I said last week. They will come with some truth. Just like when I talked about Crefford. They will come with some truth. And then they're going to mix the false doctrine in there to purposely lead people away. Alright. But their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Alright. So let's look at smooth words. Smooth words means fair speaking and goodness, right? So this is someone who is always positive, always happy, but don't tell the truth because they want to pick, uh, please the people, right? 
So who do we know like that? Joel Osteen. That's right. I didn't even have to say it. <laughs> Joel Osteen. Right? Because what he does is, and he'll say every time he's interviewed, well, I'm not a fire and brimstone preacher. Right? I'm just a positive guy. Right? And then when they purposely, and they, they'll ask him, the news media ask him, well, what do you feel about homosexuals in your church? Because I know you got to have homosexuals in your church. Well, I'm not the judge. Right? But what does the Word of God say? The Word of God is plain and simple. It's black and white. Right? There's no gray area when it comes to the Word of God. Right? But he purposely says what he says so he doesn't offend people. Right? But we know, we saw it, we saw it before, Jesus was not afraid to offend people. Right? And right. he only offended because he told what? The truth. Right? So when you tell the truth, people are going to be offended. Especially those that don't want to do the Word of God. Now, isn't it funny that people like Joel Osteen and T.D. Jakes, they have no problem trying to assimilate to the world and cater to the secular market, right? That's not what Jesus told us to do, right? No, that means that they're really not a part of the sheepfold, right? And, and, and another reason why we should not be listening because Jesus said what? The voice of another, we will not follow, That's right? So if they're speaking falseness, then that's another voice. And we should not follow. Alright, so now, I know when this video airs tomorrow from last week, the first one aired tomorrow, people are going to say, I'm judging. Right? So, let's go to Matthew 7. Alright, so that's what people say when you sit up here and you, you call these false teachers and false prophets out. Oh, why are you judging them? Who are you to judge? And a lot of these ministers that, that do fall... They talk about judging, right? So, is it very familiar, very familiar verses? Look, even the unsaved can quote this, these verses here in verses 1 and 2. Alright, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Alright? So, that's what they will say when you come and you call out these false teachers, false prophets, and even them, stop judging, stop judging. But is it me that's judging, or is it the Word of God that's judging? Alright? Let's go to uh, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 12. There's no Hebrews 54. Hebrews 12. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Why well, that was getting ready to come out. <laughs> I'm sorry, 4, Hebrews 4.12. Familiar text. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So that word discerner means judgment. Judgment. I'm going to read that from the home in uh, Christian Standard Bible. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. Right? So the word of God is what judges. Alright? So let's go to John chapter 5. See what Jesus has to say on the matter.
Alright, John chapter 5, verse 22. For Jesus speaking here. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to who? The Son. The Son. Alright? John chapter 1. Actually, y'all can stay there. Y'all familiar with John chapter 1. Stay because we're going to come back there. So John chapter 1, verse 1. All judgment, the Father's committed all judgment to the Son, which is who? Jesus, right? So, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was what? With God. And the Word was God. Okay? So, the Son is who? The Word. The Word is who? Jesus. Right? Alright, so let's go back to, uh, actually, let's go to, I'm sorry, uh, John chapter 7. about people according to how they dress, how they look, and things like that. Whether someone's homeless does not mean that they don't know God. Right? Whether someone's rich does not mean that they don't know God or they do know God. Right? So we don't judge according to appearance, but judge with what? Righteous judgment. So what is righteous judgment? The Word of God. Right? The Word of God. Okay? So, John 5, 28. In 29, uh, John uh, chapter 5, verse 20, uh, yeah, verse 28. The hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So the Bible clearly instructs on how we are to judge, right? It's not by my opinion, but it's by the word of God, right? Because Paul said in what? Galatians. Though these people that do these things, fornication, adultery, seditions, witchcraft, sorcery, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. That's not what Son saying that. That's the word of God. Jesus said in Matthew 7 that what? We will know them by their fruit. He said false prophets will come in sheep's clothing. Right? But they're evil. They're ravenous wolves on the inside. Right? But by their fruits, we will know them. Right? So if they're not doing and living by the word of God, then that's what we're judging by. And see, what we have to understand is this. A lot of them come, and it's especially this new apostolic reformation. They try to say, all this stuff is new, and, and God is speaking and trying to do something new. Well, you know what? That's not true. That's not true. Because guess what? The same things they're doing now was the same things that they were doing in the early 1900s. With William Brandon, who always saw angels, had a speaking and he claimed to have a halo over his head. A. Allen, Jack Cole, and this one breaks my heart too. All Roberts, all of them, right? It's the same stuff that they were doing back then. All Roberts had a jet flying around, and the same thing these people who are being accused of. Some of the pastors spoke out and was accusing them of the same thing: taking money, living a flamboyant lifestyle, extravagant lifestyle, and things like that. It, it, there's nothing new, right? And I want to make sure I get his name right. Edward Irving, back in the early 1800s, same thing. Did the same thing. Operated out of like the charismatic movement and claiming all these miracles and all these things. But guess what? The pastors in that time stepped up and called them out. See, called them out. 
So that's why that stuff died out. Nobody's stepping up because now it becomes, oh, no judging. No judging. Don't, don't call names. Right? But that's what we're supposed to do. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. And that's what's the problem with this because now all these people, they have all these schools. And, they, and, and I heard this this week that, like, place like Bethel, um, actually it wasn't full Bethel. I think it was somebody that's one of the higher ups in Bethel. He said from his ministry, there's been like 200 something churches established. Right? So that's not even taking the Bethel that's in Breading. It, it's, it's like, just think about, they're all reproducing. They're all reproducing this false gospel. Right? And, and, and it's, it's not of God. Alright? Oh, so let's turn to Revelation 22. I'm sorry, Revelation 2. Deuteronomy. 
Let's go, actually, let's get that. Let's go to, let's go to 1 Timothy. Because the doctrine of demons. 
They, they want us to simulate with the world. And the devil is behind it. He's been around it. He's been behind it for centuries. Right? Remember what I said uh, when, I, when the teachers on the sheep and the shepherds on John 10 and 10. What? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I said the church teaches that that's the devil, but it's not the devil. When you look at that, it's the false prophets, the false teachers. That's what Jesus was talking about. Right? And when you're giving to them, yeah, you're going to die. Right? You're going to be yeah. separated. Right? But that's why Jesus said he has come that we might have life, life more abundantly. The Word. Yes. Right? We have to stay in the Word. We have to have sound doctrine in the Word. But nobody's teaching this stuff. Nobody's teaching. And then we have people who teach us. <laughs> My wife sent me a video the day after I talked. Uh, uh, Sunday, right? The one that the guy was talking about. The false prophets, false teachers. I didn't look at it anyway, but... Uh, only because I'm doing it serious, so I didn't want to be distracted and things like that. But um, she mentioned that he said that he didn't want to uh, call out names, right? And, and I know the person, and I've heard some of the things he said, and, and I told her the reason why he didn't want to call out names because he's in the bed with some of these people. He, <laughs> I don't know what you just said, <laughs> but he's he's he hangs out with these people because he came up under Kenneth Hagin. Right? Yeah. Another false teacher. Right? Who plagiarized and stole all this stuff. Right? So, him, Kenneth Hayes, uh, Copeland, they all stole that material. Right? It wasn't nothing original they got. They stole it from uh, E.W. Kenyon. Right? They, they stole that stuff. You can research it. They played all his books are plagiarized. <laughs> word for word. Yeah, they're probably about two or three words are different. And then he claims, oh, I don't know who he is. Right? So now, 
you still have these people, these prophets still talking about Trump and you need, you church, you need to repent, you need to believe what we're telling you. God's going to bring the hammer. Okay, so people like Robin Bullock, right, he's still talking about Hank Cunningham, still talking about this stuff, right? They're false prophets and you got people still listening to these people, still falling up under them and following them and tuning into them and they've already been proven to be false prophets. Right? So, who else? Presumed. Over-exaggerating things. There's your Cat Kerr, there's your Emma Stark, and another person, Tim Sheets. Alright? Uh, the Oasis Church. Alright? So he's another one that's associated with the New Apostolic Reformation. Him, now I never listened to his brother, Dutch Sheet, but if he's connected, then stay away from him too. Alright? Uh, so, he'll be in service, and he was talking about how he got invited to a conference, then all of a sudden an angel came down during the service and delivered uh, with a plumb line and saying that this is what the church needs to come back to and that God's going to come and do miracles and some other things. So he went home that night, went back to the hotel that night, excuse me, and he was laying in bed and then all of a sudden he felt somebody waking him up on his shoulder, right? And then he doesn't get up, then they wake him up a third time. Tap him on the shoulder, he doesn't get up. And then the third time, they wake him up. And then he wakes up. He says, all right, Lord, I'm going to get up. And then he said, there's an angel there. Right? The angel says, now it's time for that prophecy to come to pass. And the angel starts talking to him. Right? So these are the things that the angel says to him. All right? This is a new season of glory is hovering over his remnant, right? So like I told you, there's nothing new, right? Even back to uh, Nicolaitans, right? With the letters to the seven churches, where Ephesus and Pergamos, there's nothing new, right? And even going back to the 1800, right? There's nothing new. And then the word of God says in Revelation 22, right? Not to add to or take away. That's right. Right? But these are what these people do. They add to. That's why they read the Passion Translation, right? Uh it's, the, uh, it's time to declare the plumb line prophecy, and he, he claims he couldn't figure out what the plumb line prophecy was, so he had to go through his notes. Alright, so he says, uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. a new apostolic prophetic generation is coming to pass, uh, new gifts, and a new level of angel ministry. So now you got all these people again claiming all these angels showing up and talking to them, but this stuff is not scriptural. What did I say on Wednesday? We don't see when Jesus walked where all these angels come talking to Jesus. So now how are all these people all of a sudden talking to angels? They didn't talk to Paul like that. But yet, all these people having all these conversations with Jesus. And here's the thing that gets me. He's talking. In one minute, he's saying the angel's telling him. And the next minute, he's saying the Holy Spirit is telling him. I'm like, well, which one is talking to you? And, and here's the thing, right? So, yeah, I believe in angels. But if we got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and we born again, why are you having so many conversations with the angel? Where, where, where's the Holy Spirit at in you? But see, we don't think about these things, right? We fall for it. We, as in the church, fall for it, hook, line, and singer. And see, what happens is pastors won't call them out, won't confront them, and then people keep following them. And these, again, these are doctrines of demons. Right? So this is not just people that we call, they're not men of God. Alright, and I know, and they're not women of God neither. And I have no problem saying that because what they're saying and what they're doing don't line up with Scripture. Right? 
But yet, people watch these people over and over, and people like Sid Roth, I, well, I mentioned him last week, right? Uh, TVN, they always have all these people on here talking, and these people are not of God. And they're spreading a false gospel, mm -hmm. right? And then we get caught up watching the TVN, watching uh, Daystar, watching the Word Network, which I don't even know if the Word Network really saved <laughs> at all, because... I can't tell if they do this between the Word Network and, and BT, not that I watch either one of them, but the Word Network is, is messed up too, right? So uh, we really have to be careful and we really have to discern what we're allowing to come in our spirits because I'm telling you, just like I said last week, it is shaping your mindset. It is shaping your mindset, which we just have to be careful of that. All right. Um, so... Just like I read in Titus last week, it is the job of the pastors and the leaders in the church to expose these false teachers. It, it is the job of that, right? But it's not just up to the pastors. Let's go to Jude. Yes. Uh, second to the last book in the Bible. <laughs> Jude 3. There's only one chapter in Jude. Uh, verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to what? Contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. So let's start right there. Contend earnestly means to wage war. We are going to be in a battle with these false teachers. Right? But it's not necessarily a physical battle, but it has to be a spiritual battle. That's why sometimes when we go uh, watch these things and we see things, or we even see ministers who are preaching one thing, and then all of a sudden we're, we're thinking they're good, and then all of a sudden they fall. It's, it's a war that's taking place. Right? So we have to contend earnestly. Now, understand, this is for everybody. This is not just for the pastor. Right? Or the leaders in the church. This is for everybody. We, we, we're to contend. We're to wage war for the faith. Alright, verse 4. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. So think about this. So certain men crept in unnoticed, which means this is not somebody who's coming with all of a sudden we know that there's preaching a false gospel, but these are people who are going to come in underhanded. And we're not going to see them. Why? Because they're going to come in, like I said last week, Dressed like the church, speaking like the church, toting their Bibles around like Christians, right? And they're going to come in unnoticed. And then you got these Christians getting up there, say it, but doctrine of a demon. Alright? Uh, unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this combination. What does is, what is Jews say here? Ungodly men. Ungodly men. But yet, we got people calling them men and women of God. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how do they deny it? Their conscience is seared. Alright? So, let's go to lewdness. Lewdness means living in excess. Right? Promiscuous. Right? So, just like we talked about, I think it was me and you talking about that last week, Derek, I think. Jesse DePlanis. Right? He asked his church a couple years ago. Was it you? Or who was it? I can't remember who else. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, all right. Ask this church for its fourth jet. Fourth jet. All right? That's living in lewdness. Right? But yet, we
It's the doctrine of demons. And the reason why I keep saying doctrine of demons because I want to get it implanted in your head. So if you sit down and you hear any of these people, right? Because there's, there's, there's hundreds of people that I haven't even called. Mm -hmm. Right? Hundreds of people that I haven't even called that are associated with these people. And, and it's the doctrine of demons. We should not even be associated with them. Paul said, what, in Romans 16, to avoid them. That's right. right. So we shouldn't even be looking at that stuff. Yes, help us. <laughs> and these are people who have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Amen. See, because that power there, that scripture, means it's the dudamist power. Like, like I said when we, I did the teaching on holiness, you can't claim no signs and wonders and you ain't living holy. The two don't go together. You can't say you're a man or woman of God, but you ain't living holy. The two don't go together. See? But they don't want to talk about that to them, the unsaved, thinking they're going to heaven. Because they're getting the false gospel. And see, it all sets up for the Antichrist in the end. Alright, so let's go to Acts 20. I'm sorry. Let's go to, uh, let's go back. Did I read verse 6 in 1 Timothy 4? No, let, let's go back to 1 Timothy 4. Uh, Alright, so I'm going I'm to read, read from verse 1 again into verse 6. So, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctors of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it, it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now, this is Paul instructing Timothy, who is a leader in the church, right? Verse 6, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be what? A good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished in the words of faith, and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. So, that means, that tells me, that if you do not instruct the brethren, then you're not a good servant of Jesus Christ. Because it is a responsibility, again, of the pastor to do these things. Amen. Right? Alright, so now, Paul lists six characteristics of false teachers right here. So, number one, submitting to deceiving spirits, exposing uh, demonic doctrines, speaking hypocritical lies, having seared consciences, forbidding, to marry, forbidding marriage, and imposing ceremonial food laws on the church. And let's talk about forbidding marriage. Now, it is common, accepted practice for Christians just to fornicate, sleep with other women, uh, men sleeping with women, right, and live together, right, but yet they're going to allow these people to speak in their church. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Alright, so he's laying hands, praying over T.D. Jake, speaking at his church, uh, speaking at Joel Osteen Church, speaking on TVN, child out of wedlock, living with a woman. Now, let the average Christian go in there and do that, that don't have millions of dollars. You think they're speaking? Nope. And they know these things. But yet, he prays over T.D. Jake, and T.D. Jake acts like he's catching an anointing, he ain't catching no anointing. Because there ain't no anointing coming out of Tyler Perry. That's right. God is not blessing any man walking around dressing as a woman. Oh, Jesus. 
There is nothing godly about that. But yet, you got Christians that turn around and watch his movies. So you're basically watching sin. And then you're laughing at it. And it's all through the church. Again, doctrines of demons. Right? But yet, they celebrate that man. Right? And guess what? He, that's who Kenneth Copeland bought his jet from. Tyler Pratt. Oh, my brother Tyler Pratt. He ain't no... Well, I guess they are brothers. <laughs> I guess they are brothers. That's right. <laughs> my bad. They are brothers. <laughs> They're connected. <laughs> Let me calm down. My wife is about to get on me. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Right. <laughs> so, submitting to deceiving spirits. So, there's somebody by the name of Nita Johnson who has a ministry called Gathering of the Eagles. Alright? Now, pure heretic. Alright, pure heretic. Definitely added stuff to the scriptures, deceiving people, and thinking she tries to walk around, act like she's somebody that's humble, but she's full of pride. Alright, so these are some of the things, excuse me, Nita, Nita Johnson, Nita Johnson. Alright, so she said, uh, the Lord released, she said back, this was recently, hmm, I can't remember when, it was a few months ago, it might have been towards the end of last year, I think, she had a conference and I had the displeasure of listening to it. So, <laughs> so she said the Lord released the Melchizedek priesthood into the earth. All right, and she spoke in a con actually this was in June 2020, June of last year, right, that when people come into her presence, the Lord starts speaking to deliver a message to the people, right? So this is, and, and, I, and I listened to her, and she went and she talked for about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes, 45 minutes without giving a scripture. That's what they did, and she starts speaking revelation, 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 and no word, right? You know why she can't speak word? Because what she's saying does not line up with the scripture. Alright, so she talks about this so-called Melchizedek anointing being all in the Bible. Because she, she actually said it's in the Bible. And it's funny how they always say things are in the Bible, but they never give scripture. Right? And, and Christians don't research it. Right? So it's biblical ignorance on why the church is the way it is. Alright? So, she said uh, on how God, okay, let me start over. She talks about the so-called Melchizedek anointing being all in the Bible and how God and Bob Jones confirmed to her that only seven people on earth have this type of anointing and the mantle was on Bob Jones and she is one of them on earth now. All right, now, if you know anything about Bob Jones, he's just corrupt. All right, now this is this the person. Bob Jones, he's also, well, it was because he's dead now. But he was a part of the New Apostolic Reformation as well. But he would have women come to his office and strip down naked in order to get a prophecy. Right? But this is somebody who was a president of a theological school. Right? And you got all these people fawning over him. Oh, yeah, it's funny. It's funny and it's sad. Right? So she claims God spoke to her and asked her if she wanted to be like his son. She said God asked her nine times, and upon the ninth time, she figured it must be. And then God told her she had to be a, a virgin in the spirit. Well, they just make this stuff up, right? <laughs> <laughs> that meant that, all right, so that meant that she had to totally eradicate 
sin from her life. Now, we know, as humans, that's impossible. That's impossible. Right? But this is what they believe. Right? And then, Cat Kirk did the same thing. She, she sat up there and she said that uh, she was speaking at a church. And then she she uh, she was like, you know, nothing gets to her. The devil never gets to her. Um, the anointing always comes out of her. And then she calls somebody up and she's shaking the person's hand. And the person's acting like the anointing's coming on. There ain't no anointing because she was pure flesh. Right? Pure flesh. And and I'm like, well, okay, well, this doesn't line up with Scripture. All right? So let's go to Acts 20. Let's go to Acts 20. So even how all these health and wealth, prosperity preachers and teachers sit up here and say, oh, well, nothing gets to me, sow a seed, and it, okay, we're going to see right here. Because it's plain to me how things got to Apostle Paul, but nothing gets to you. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, got to Jesus. Amen. But no, nothing gets to you. <laughs> That's not scriptural. Again, doctors of demons. And you got people believing this nonsense. Right? Alright, Acts chapter 20, verse 17. Now understand. See, even today with a lot of these apostles and all these pastors thinking they got to have these jets saying, Hey, I need this. I got to fly here. Apostle Paul didn't just go somewhere, minister, and then leave. No, he stayed places for years. He stayed in the Corinthian church for one and a half to two years. He stayed at Ephesus for three years. Alright, so let's go. Uh, verse 17. From my latest, he sent, he sent to Ephesus a call for the elders of the church. Now, who did he call for? The elders. Right? And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, and what manner I always lived among you. Remember, bad living, bad teaching, and about self. Alright? So Paul says, You know what manner I lived among you. You know how they got placed in leadership in the churches back in the early church by people observing them, by fruit. What do we do today? We send people to Bible college. We send them to seminary. Then we say, send out your resume. Right? Then we put a, a pastoral committee together at the church, bring them in, and then we hire them as the pastor. How do you know what their fruit is? And then we wonder why the church is messed up. Yeah. Because we got disqualified people going in the office that they weren't called to be. Yeah. That's right. That's good. All right, verse 19. <clears throat> Serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials. There you go. Trials, right? But yet, they say they don't go through nothing. So everything wasn't good for the Apostle Paul. But yet, it's good for all these new apostles. They're fine, right? And Jesus tells us he suffered. Yeah. He won't suffer. Yeah. And any of the afflictions yeah. are righteous. Yeah. Alright. So which happened to me by plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. Now, again, it wasn't about self. It wasn't about bring me into your church and give me your offering. No, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to teach from house to house. For three years he did that in Ephesus. He did that without a jet. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. 
Because the pastor's got no power. Because he's back. Verse 29, for I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, remember, he's talking to the elders here. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things, perverse, to draw away the disciples after themselves. It's, again, see, it's about self. Bad living, bad teaching, about self. And that's what these people do. Just like Nita Johnson. She tries to act like she's humble. She tries to act like she's humility. But she's trying to draw people to herself. Get the attention. Alright, we're going to get ready to close up here. Verse 20, 31. Therefore watch. Why do we watch? To avoid laziness, right? Amen. It causes you to and watch. Don't be over distracted. Don't be out there running around doing too much because now you get burnt out, you get distracted. And now it takes away from your prayer time. And most of these pastors are bound because they're not spending time with God. And this is why they can't teach people those things because they're not doing it. But yet, their churches are full. People are flocking to them. And remember that for three years, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So Paul warned them night and day for three years. But yet, just like I asked last week, nobody's been in the church where they heard a teaching like this. But yet, Paul was in there for three years, night and day, warning them. Teaching sound doctrine, true gospel. So now, brethren, I commend, I commend you to God into the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Again, he's not about self. But yet, so unto me. So unto me. <laughs> give it to me and get a blessing. Mm. Apostle Paul didn't cover these things. Now, you would think that out of anybody, Apostle Paul would be able to ask for those things if it was a God. Verse 34, yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with, oh, that means Apostle Paul worked. <laughs> oh, so he didn't rely just on the offering and the tithes coming in from the people. He worked. And why should not only support himself, but those that were with him, like Timothy and Titus. Again, remember, he wasn't about self. But yet, they got to have the million dollar houses. They got to have the Rolls Royces. Right? They got to have the private jets. Mm. See? A lot of unscriptural stuff going on in church. Not being addressed. And, and then the sad part is, all these local churches around here, well not all of them, take that back. A lot of them are trying to be just like that. Mm -hmm. Emulating them. Yep. <clears throat> get, the build, get the big building. Get the shining neon lights. Passing the beach balls in the church. Mm. No respect for the sanctuary. Mm. But yet, people are still flocking to them. Mm -hmm. Alright, verse 35. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. Oh, so that means pastor shouldn't be hoarding all the money. Right? Support the weak. Not only materialistic, but also in faith. That's right. 
And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said what? It's more blessed to give than to receive. But what do they say? They want you to give to give to them. Right? But they don't want to give back out. Right? Remember when I talked about the teaching on the sheep and the shepherds, right? They neglect the flock. But they'll go out to the world and they'll give the free meals. Right? Because why? They want to draw other people in to the ministry. But they'll neglect the flock. Amen? Amen. So I'll stop right there and I'll continue up with something else. All right, let's pray.